would be a great Bible character. If you look at the title, the superscription over Psalm 142, it says, A Psalm of David, a masculine while he was in the cave. By anyone's estimation, David would be a marvelous Bible character. You look at Acts 13, verses 22 and 23, the Word of God says of him in the New Testament, I will rise up a king after my own heart who will seek to do all my will. That passage was speaking about David. One of the names by which Jesus would be called when he walked the face of the earth Son of David, Matthew chapter 22, verses 41 through 46. God made a promise to David. He made a promise to David that went along these lines. From your lineage, from your body, will come one who will save people from their sins. 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 through 16. So tonight, I guess what we're going to do is have what I'd like to call a classy sermon. Part Bible class, part sermon. But open your Bible, please, to Psalm 142. Psalm 142, and what I immediately want to tell you is this. Let me give you a couple of titles for this psalm. It's a short psalm, only seven verses. We might call it a caveman's complaint. A caveman's complaint. It's just that the caveman is not what some consider the caveman to be. David's in a cave. Another possible title for this psalm, Psalm 142, and I think it's a psalm that we can relate to. When you're feeling lonely and your life's caving in. This seems to be a, a time of year when many people feel lonely. There are many who are widows and widowers, and they will be away from family during the holidays. Great people in Scripture were lonely. So if you and I are lonely at times, there's no sin in that. Sometimes you can be around people a great deal. Talk to elders. Talk to preachers. And we are blessed to be around people a good bit, but sometimes because of the nature of our task, it can be a pretty lonely task. We all can relate to loneliness and the feeling that our life is caving in. This psalm, with its seven verses, we're going to examine the night in four parts. Part one, the problem that David is facing. The problem that he's facing. Let's look at verses 3 through 7. 
Our brother Jack read verses 1 and 2 in our scripture reading, but look at verses 3 through 7 and seven ways that he describes how he's feeling. And I feel sure that these matters may well resonate with you, that you may be experiencing them now, and that in all likelihood they are ones that we all can connect with. Look at verse 3. Feeling faint when my spirit faints within me. Have you ever felt like you just didn't know if you're going to be able to keep going? So did David. This wonderful man after God's own heart knew what it was like to not know if he was going to be able to keep going. But keep looking at the passage with me. He felt trapped. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Feeling faint, feeling trapped. Now think about that. And let me stop just for a second, and we'll keep moving through three through seven momentarily. Imagine an animal being trapped, Justin. You've seen animals that have gnawed off a part of their body to escape the trap. We've all heard stories about that. Imagine life in a cave. Caves are notoriously dark, aren't they? And they often are winding and treacherous. They can be damp. I was watching on National Geographic a a television program a few months back about caves, and there in that cave, there were ginormous roaches. That would be enough that I wouldn't want to be in a cave very long. But they found a pile of bat guano in this particular cave that was several feet high. Dark, damp, winding, roaches, bat guano, animal dung. Doesn't really rate high on a vacation hotspot list, does it? David has hung home sweet home in a cave. Now what I want you to think about and catch this, Adam, when he was in the palace, he sinned with Bathsheba. When he was in the cave, he prayed. Caves can be very good opportunities in our life to pray. And that's exactly what David does. But here in verse 3, he's feeling faint. He's feeling trapped. Keep looking now. Verse 4 with me. Look to the right and see, there's none who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me. No one cares for my soul. Feeling alone. 
feeling faint, feeling trapped, feeling alone. I cry to you, O Lord, I say, you are my refuge, verse 5, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low, feeling low, very low. There are people here that are dealing with cancer or have loved ones dealing with cancer. These are all feelings that probably one expresses and one has during these times. Keep looking at the text with me. Deliver me, verse 6, from my persecutors. They are too strong. Feeling persecuted. Feeling outnumbered. Persecutors. For they are too strong for me. Feeling weak. And I have to mention the first part of verse 7. The English standard says, Bring me out of prison. Feeling imprisoned. So seven different descriptions are given of what it is like to feel lonely and feel as if our life is caving in. And this is coming from David, a tremendous man of faith and obedience. That brings me to a second part of our study. Having looked at the problem of loneliness and feeling like our life is falling apart. Let's look at the plea. The plea. And Brother Jack read these verses, Psalm 142, verses 1 and 2. And notice the four parts, the four-part harmony of this plea. Verse 1. With my voice, I cry out to the Lord. I cry out to the Lord. Mark that word cry. It's not one of the usual words for cry. It's really a word that means I growl. I groan. I'm in pain. I cry out to the Lord. Second expression. I plead for mercy from the Lord. The word there, plead, means beg. I am howling as I hurt. First expression, I cry out to the Lord. I'm howling. Second expression, I plead with the Lord. I beg. I beg for God to come to my aid. Third, I pour out my complaint. And really it's a word that we don't use much, but it really brings out the idea here. Lament. Lament. I pour out my complaint. He's lonely and his world is caving in, it seems. 
Lastly, I tell my trouble before him, I report. God, I'm going to tell you, I know you're God and you know what's going on, but I still want to tell you. So we see something about the plea. David may be in an extraordinarily tough circumstance. And he's not feeling very good. That's putting it mildly. But he knows who to talk to. And the opening verses show us that. Do we? Sometimes when we're hurting, we talk to about anybody and everybody except the Lord. What a great lesson to learn from David. Part of our study of Psalm 142, part 3 now. The problem... The plea, the solution. The solution. When you feel like your life's caving in and when you feel all alone and you're struggling, look at verse 3 as well as verses 5 and 6. Look for what he says concerning God from verse 3. You know my way. Do you see it? God, I am coming to you. I know as I tell you, I am not telling you anything you don't already know. You know my way. Look at verse 5. You are my what? Refuge, you are my portion. God, where can I go? You are my refuge. You are the one upon whom I rely. You know my way. Look at verse 6. In the English Standard Version that I'm reading from, it says, Attend to my cry. You hear. You hear me. The solution is knowing that God knows our way. God is our refuge, our portion. That God hears our cry. And that God, notice the same verse, delivers or rescues us. Deliver me from my persecutors. They are too strong for me. Now when you stop and think about the very nature of prayer and crying out to God, what we are saying is, I cannot handle this. I am not sufficient, 
but I'm coming to you because you are. You are all sufficient. You are our creator, our God. We've looked at the problem. Can anybody relate to the problem David's got here? I suspect so. The plea where we take our problem to God and we're voicing things and it hurts and we're reporting to Him what we're going through and we know that He knows our way. But His sense of timing and ours may be different. The solution still is God. And submitting to His will in loving faithfulness. But here's the fourth part of this psalm I want you to think about. And it's really important. Verse 7. The result. God, I'm hurting. That's the problem. My life's caving in and I'm lonely. God, I'm crying out to you. My plea is that you hear me. The solution is God and reliance on Him. But here's the result. Look at verse 7. Four matters can be brought out. Bring me out of prison. Deliverance, rescue, pardon, release. Sometimes we are released from our loneliness and our pain and our disease, but it does not come through healing, it comes through death. And going to be with Jesus. We must thank God for release. However God chooses to provide it. And sometimes. It takes us a while to come to grips with that. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. And I want to mention again. We ought to pray for those that are sick. I want to encourage that. I think that we do well in trying to do that congregationally. But you know what? We need to get better at praying for the lost because they're really sick. And we don't pray for the lost as much as we ought to here publicly. There are Christians here that even if they don't make it, they will be released to be in the presence of God forever. But there are people in sin who, if they pass from this life, won't be in that condition. We need to be concerned about them. And it needs to be reflected more in our prayers. Secondly, notice from verse 7, this matter. Thanksgiving to His name. 
God, after I'm delivered, after you bring me out of this prison that I've been in, talk about solitary confinement, it seems, in a cave, feeling lonely. Even if there were people around him, he was still feeling this way. But when you bring me out, God, then I will give thanks to you. I'll praise your name and bless you for what you have done in my life. Matter number three, the righteousness, the righteous rather, will surround me. Fellowship. When you're feeling lonely, to have the fellowship of the righteous helps immeasurably. For those of you that know what it's like to be lonely and to hurt and to really be going through a time when your life's caving in, maybe it's your health, maybe it's been your marriage, maybe it's been your finances, and it all just seems to come down. The company of the righteous helps so much. I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. Can we, can we get together for a cup of coffee? Can we talk? Can we visit? How can I help? David talks about the righteous surrounding me. The fourth matter, and get this as we close. You will deal bountifully with me. This is the same writer, David, who ended Psalm 23 by saying, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell where? In the house of the Lord forever. He will deal bountifully with me. As we close, some things to think about after having looked at this psalm kind of up close and personal. When you're lonely and really hurting inside, let me ask you this. Do you pray audibly? The idea in Psalm 142 and verse 1 is that David is, it seems. It's not just a silent type of prayer that he's offering to God, but he's verbalizing it and it's audible. And he knows that God would hear him whether he expressed it that way or not, but he feels the need to voice his plea. There will be times when we know that God would hear us, Cody, if we didn't utter a word, but we choose to voice our plea because of the pain that we are feeling. It has to be expressed. Secondly, When you and I are lonely and it seems like our life is caving in, how will 
you relate to others that go through a similar experience. There's some people that are just fair weather friends. You know what I mean? And it seems like they're, they're like Job's friends who were called worthless physicians by Job, remember? Because when he was really hurting, there was no real help afforded from them. One thing is sure in life, in all likelihood, there will be times when you are experiencing exactly what David experienced in this psalm. And one of the great ministries of the people of God is to be there for those people when they are lonely and their world is caving in. Amen, church. There are some people, and there's some wonderful saints here, some wonderful Christians here that are so good at being there It's as if they have a giftedness in that area. But whether we do or not, we can determine to be a better friend to people whose lives are caving in. One more thought to think about. When we are going through periods of great loneliness and our worlds are caving in, the tendency is to focus on the problem. David went to considerable lengths to describe the problems that he was, that he was feeling, didn't he? But he did not stop there. Aren't you glad he didn't? He looks to God. And he thinks of a great God who knows his ways, who is his refuge and his portion, who is a God who hears and is a God who gives deliverance and rescue and release. I thank God for a God like that. And I think you do too. That's why we meet, among many other reasons, on the first day of every week. Because we have a God who makes us more than conquerors. Thank you for listening. And I hope that this little classy sermon, class-like sermon, has been helpful. I know it helped me as I prepared it. It may be that there's someone here tonight that needs to come to Christ, expressing faith in Him as the Son of God, repenting of sin. You want to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and be added to the church, the body of Christ. You want to be a citizen of God's kingdom. What a marvelous desire. And through Jesus and His grace and love, you can respond. And surely you need to, if you know that you're in sin and need our Lord. But for those of us who are Christians, let's be known as a group of people that helps bear people's burdens. Everywhere we look, 
we will find hurting people. And if we seek to give them the great physician, that's really what their soul needs. Let us stand and sing.